The Founders Live Podcast tells unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. Be sure to join thousands of entrepreneurs on founderslive.com. Now, quick word from our sponsors before we get started. Hey everyone, Nick here real quick to share with you a few new things that are happening in Founders Live that you need to know about. Uh, Check out our new global community, The Arena. You can find it at arena.founderslive.com. You can find a number of new channels to connect with others, find exclusive content, and really learn how to be a world-class entrepreneur. Within that, you can find our uh, new levels of value of membership within Founders Live. We have the Insider membership and the Professional. The Founders Live Insider membership, you can, you know, really be on the inside, find all that great new content and and really have awesome experiences. And then the Professional, uh, you can really, really grow. So these are the people that really want to grow as an entrepreneur. You're out there. You want to maximize your startup and business success. Um, And this is including the recently launched Founders Live Academy that has courses, trainings, and awesome content to help you become the best entrepreneur that you can. And lastly, check out our events. Um, There should be things happening around you as well as if you want to launch Founders Live in your city, just reach out to us at expand.founderslive.com. All right, everyone. Enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Founders Live podcast, where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. I'm Nick Hughes, I'm the founder and CEO of Founders Live, and today we have a really special guest joining us out of um, Raleigh, North Carolina, over there on the East Coast of the United States. We have John Stark, uh, founder and CEO of My Matter. And really interesting concept around um, creating affordable and customizable automatic sorting of waste and recycling, cleaner recycling. Really interesting. John, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. And, you know, congratulations. You're a recent winner of Founders Live in Raleigh. So that's awesome. Congrats. Yep. Yeah, awesome and excited to hear about your experience there as well as you know what you're building and your vision and everything but hey let's back up a little bit uh would love to hear you just uh, tell a little bit more about yourself give us a little bit of background of um of john all right uh well i uh i grew up in the dc area uh and went down to north carolina uh to go to nc state university where i studied materials science and engineering uh, I really wanted to do robotics um, and look into new types of robotic muscles when I got into college. But then I found that there's just so many things to learn about the world of materials. Um, I got out of college uh, uh, working at um, my first job out of college was uh, working at PCC Airfoils, uh, where I was essentially step one in uh, making uh, jet engine parts. Uh uh, you know, we bring in raw dirt, we mix it, and it's part of the investment casting process. Um, and, you know, my time there, you know, I got exposed more to materials and understanding uh, how inventory control works and operations and all sorts of different types of engineering. Uh, but I always just love tinkering. So it's just something that um, I, I just think I, I got a really good degree because, you know, one summer, 
in college, I uh, spent time just melting aluminum cans in, in the backyard and casting ingots. So I always like to get my hands dirty. <laughs> it's so interesting. And I'm sure you uh, have have tinkered with a lot and, you know, your your path, you know, could have gone many different ways on that. And, you know, I, I'm always curious with our our guests and, you know, founders that pitch, you know, what drew you to entrepreneurship? You obviously were uh, working in some different directions and all that, but you know what? Why entrepreneurship? Always curious around this and uh, all of that. Uh, you know, I don't know if it all stems from being an only child, but I mean, it's just that kind of sense where you know individualism and you can go off and you don't have to work for the man, but uh, or or woman. But it's 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 a matter where you can go off and just try to make something and whether that is tangible or it's, you know, all software based, you know, you can just have more control um, over your life. I, I grew up thinking, okay, you go, you go from, you know, elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school, to college, to a job. And then you rise up in the ranks and become a, you know, you know, CEO or head of the company. But, you know, I, I kind of took a, a little bit of a shortcut because I saw that, Hey, I could go out there one, make a difference, you know, have an impact, but I also had more control over my destiny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like how you said, you know, the shortcut and, you know, I'm thinking here, like, you know, look, you know, every, every, anyone can be a CEO, Yeah, but <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean you're a CEO of a growing, valuable, interesting business and company and all this. Right. And so, that that in lies part of it is you know um, you know anyone can be an entrepreneur and and yet um, you know what you create is it actually a sustainable um, you know because basically as an entrepreneur you're creating your own job but can that be sustainable and that that's that's always the question and the challenge and you know obviously that's why Founders Live is here is to help us all and you all out there to uh, make that happen and and it's great. Um, you know, and again, before we get into that experience for you, um, you know, and we will talk about exactly the company later, but, you know, were you exposed to uh, the concept of recycling and this concept of um, more of a, um, you know, cleaner, maybe even just going into sustainability and the, the um, climate? Was this an interest before? Um, you know, it's really weird because I, I want to, I, I want to say, oh, I've always been sustainable, but until I actually got into this, uh, industry, you know, you realize, okay, you've got a million things going on every day, you know, uh, sustainability isn't always at the forefront. Um, and what really drove me to this more than anything else was just efficiency. Being an engineer, being from a manufacturing background, and you just want to make the process more efficient. And also looking back at materials when, um, you know, uh, the, the idea, I'll just say the idea really started where I wanted people to be able to have more of an ownership over their materials. So when I was working at PCC, you know, I was trying to figure out ways to, you know, help cut costs, save on, you know, save on material. Like, why are we throwing stuff out? But, you know, it wasn't until one day I decided, hey, I 
I'm just going to take this idea that was in a very, very infant stage and go full time with it because I thought, you know, if I just sit around, I'm not going to actually, I, I have a very comfy life. You know, I was, I was a fairly well-paid engineer and it's just like, let me challenge myself more. And there's nothing more challenging than, uh, you know, quitting your job to go pursue a dream that in hindsight, I could have done a lot more research on. And I strongly suggest people, you know, don't quit your day job right away, but doing that really does put a ticking clock. And when you have a sense of urgency in your life, you'll get stuff done faster. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and yeah, we're going to jump back to that, but um, I do want to really kind of learn and kind of hear a bit more about your experience with Founders Live and how did Founders Live come into your world and how did you discover the opportunity to pitch at the event? Right. So uh, I'm at the stage right now in the company where we've got a working product, we've got customers and we want to grow um you know our 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 brand awareness essentially we want to show people the the value that we can uh provide and uh so coming out of stealth mode coming out of you know taking the 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 technology and operations hat off and putting on the ceo or marketing and sales hat i'm realizing that hey i need more practice pitching i need uh more i need i need to improve my skills as a ceo and uh, I was at the point of looking just, hey, where can I pitch? Um, and I think someone, and I honestly can't remember on the top of my head, but someone recommended, hey, try and pitch for Founders Live. It was a really simple process to apply for. And I said, great, I, I need the experience. Challenge me, get me out there. Yeah, so you just, um, you, sign, you, you signed up, you applied for it, um, and then you end up getting chosen. So you know, so Founders Live Raleigh Durham. Uh, we're excited, um, and you know, I would say a backstory. Everyone is, um, you know, that's an area of the country. So we we just launched in the fall of 2023, and uh, this was the first event. But this was an area that had, you know, kind of the Charlotte, basically the North Carolina area. It had taken a long time for us to to find great leaders there and launch and. We finally got connected to uh, Mallory and Marlena, and uh, just a good shout out to those two women for jumping in and, and taking the leadership role. And uh, we're excited to have Founders Live up and running now there. And so, um, just a really great part of the country. Obviously, um, a lot of activity, and um, so we're excited about that. And and so, you know, you heard about this. Okay, it's 99 seconds. So, you know, how did you prepare? And I guess this falls into a, a, a bit of a bit of, you know, tips for some people thinking about pitching. You know, how it's a short pitch, does not last very long. You have to pack a lot in there. And how did you go about preparing for the pitch? Uh yeah, well, I, I also want to thank Mallory and Marlena. Uh they did a fantastic job organizing it. Uh, it was also just a very warm and welcoming environment and it was just great to meet with people. Uh, I was, I was very nervous. I was, uh, very nervous about doing such a short pitch because I'm fairly verbose and there's a lot to talk about with all the stuff we've got going on. And I, and I was just thinking, Hey, how am I going to shorten this down? And 
you know, when it, when I was going through it, um, I'll definitely say there was, uh, you know, I wrote out a script based on, you know, what my standard five or 10 minute pitch length is. And I just keep hacking away at it, trying to figure out, hey, what are the most critical things to share to people? So, you know, it's really what's the problem? What's the solution? What's the value? What have, what have you been doing? And what's the team? And being able to go through and have good visuals, not a lot of text on the slides. Like people don't have time to read it. You don't have time to read the text, of course, and you need very clear visuals. So once I was able to kind of get a good script and have a, and definitely have a, a solid uh, slide deck in place, it was just practice, practice, practice. And oh man, over the course of several days, I, I can't even tell you how many times I just did repetition after repetition. Um, it sucked because I felt like I was always on slide one and I felt like I was always also trying to really memorize the script, but after a while you just get comfortable talking about the slide and the topics and getting those key words out. The other big trick I really recommend people to consider is while it's a 99 second pitch, <laughs> uh, time do, do it in 90 seconds, you yep. know, try, try, try 75, really practice um practice going uh, e uh even faster but you know faster not so that people don't understand you uh but just that you're efficient it goes back to that efficiency i love so much <laughs> that's yeah those are great great uh points of um you know help for people so if you're listening here definitely uh be listen you know take notes of what john has said here but yes you know uh i've always said you know you took one of my biggest uh, <laughs> tips that is like prepare for 90 seconds, even though it's 99, because during a live experience, you're going to have some, you want some buffer time and, you know, the ums and the like, you know, just maybe you need a little time to collect yourself or you, what's really interesting about, um, you know, when it's live in front of, you know, some of our events are hundreds of people. And when someone gets up there, it's funny because some people start talking faster. They're like, da -da 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 -da, and they're like all nervous and they're talking faster. Or the adrenaline kicks in. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Or some people talk slower or that pitch ends up taking longer than they prepared for. And then they might get buzzed and stopped. So, yes. you know, I, I think what you also did well was just uh, practice and, um, prepare and, 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 you know, have really everything in place and have your confidence in place where it's like, I, I've prepared for this, I've practiced for this, you know what you're going to say, you're calm. And then you just, you just lay down the pitch. So for you, obviously the night turned out well, so congratulations. <laughs> and um, we're excited to have you a part of this. Now let's shift into what you did pitch hey, in. Nick, yeah, I'd like to have one more thing. Uh, one yeah. more big tip is the most important thing when pitching is you got to have fun with it. If, mm -hmm. you just, you know, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then why are you doing it? And you should have fun pitching because it's your company. You should be proud. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And so let's shift into, you know, my matter. And, um, you know, you, you did point at a little bit of um, there was a bit of issues that you saw. So let's start there. What problem did you see in the world? And then we'll get into what you're bringing to market here. 
Yeah. So I actually like to think I didn't really start with, you know, a problem in the world. Um, I, I was a bit selfish. I was thinking more along the lines of, hey, how do I create a device uh, at in my home where I can throw away my uh, Coca-Cola can um, or waste or w whatever type of, you know, you know, material and it could identify it and process it. And so I wanted to build just, you know, cool device. And then I thought more about it and I said, well, now I can empower other people with this idea and you could have an Uber-like collection service come and pick up your waste. So instead of having to pay for it, then you could actually get paid for or at least have the cost of collection um, uh, uh, zero out. So it really all started where, hey, I wanted to build something cool. And then I started learning more. I did my market research. I was understanding what's going on in the world. And I got to say, you know, I just I, I just got back um, from from taking an, an overseas trip and I have a serious problem wherever I go where I take pictures of waste containers. I like mm -hmm. to see what are people throwing away? How good are they at throwing things away? You know, how efficient can we be in ultimately cre creating a cleaner waste stream, which positively impacts the planet? Um, so it really all started with. I wanted to build something and then I realized there's a problem. And then I realized the magnitude of the problem. So um, through several years of, uh, you know, just tinkering away and um, testing out different types of, of, of solutions, you know, we've now got uh, my matter, my matters uh, product. We call it the my matter duo right now. It's a binary sorting automatic sorting uh, waste container. So you, throw something into it, uh, it, um, uh, I, it takes a picture of what you've thrown away and it can sort that material into uh, trash or recycling at the source of disposal. Additionally, we've got a uh, fullness detection sensors and an embedded display screen so it provides user feedback. So it says, hey, this device has seen so many discards and we've diverted so many items from the landfill. Um, one of the things we're really proud about is it's highly customizable. You know, I said it sorts into trash or recycling, but you know, with our system, you could set it up to be bottles and cans. Um, you could set it up to be compost and recycling. Uh, so the AI and how it sorts and how you want things sorted is customizable. Uh, the size of the unit is customizable. You know, you could have two 23-gallon containers, two 36-gallon containers, 54. It's customizable in its size. And then also its appearance. People like nice-looking waste containers. Um, uh, people also want the ability to potentially show off advertising or show that there's an event coming up, you know. I guess, you know, and Nick, I'll be honest, a dream of mine right now is you've got My Matter containers uh, around and maybe there's some uh, promotional content on the side that says, hey, check out, you know, Founders Live. <laughs> yeah, this is, just, there's so many things here. This is great. So first, um, <laughs> you know, first is, is there, can you quantify, you know, uh, some of the problem? some of the numbers that people should be aware of here, like, look, this is, yeah. this is a major issue. Um, I mean, you mentioned traveling internationally. I, I've been down into Southeast Asia and other parts of the world where the amount of plastic bottles is yeah. 
like it it hurt it hurts like <laughs> i you know i don't think i have as much of a problem as you but you know i'm not taking pictures of of some of these but you look around you're like this is horrible and this is why yeah. our planet is hurting so so can you first put a little numbers around this so we kind of grab grab it yeah uh truth be told sometimes it's hard to put numbers around because we're looking at different uh sizes so my matter really focuses at sorting waste at the source but a number that we use a lot for helping inform people is go look at uh the epa's report on municipal solid waste uh efficiency and you'll find that there's a lovely graph that has plateaued at around 32 percent for the last two decades on our recycling efficiency now that factors in residential and commercial and I believe maybe industrial, but overall, just we're not getting better at recycling efficiency. Uh, you look at how there are reports that come out that say, hey, there's um, somewhere between nine and uh, 11 billion dollars of uh, weight of recyclables that end up in the landfills in the United States every year. Um, there, there are just a lot of large and medium size and some small numbers that talk about just this is how the problem is. And I would say that when people go about addressing this, um, for the last definitely, I would say, 20 years, uh, a lot of the addressing has been trying to be educational. Now, throughout the 90s, there was a major uptick in recycling efficiency, and that was through uh some of the uh ways in which we were collecting uh, uh improved but also education and education is very valuable people should have a general idea on what you know is recyclable what isn't what's compostable what isn't but truly i believe the problem is infrastructure based we have great collection companies out there uh, you know waste management gfl that will collect the waste they'll take it to material recovery facilities where you have these large, uh, you know, almost factories sorting out material. But the problem where we've really been lacking is that first step, that proper first step of collection. If you have a bottle, but you don't have access to a recycling container, then that bottle's gonna end up in the landfill. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you care about recycling, every bin should at least be twinned. You should always have trash and recycling options. Um, there's a there's been a lack of data, and and you know there are there are some there are some companies out there that are helping improve people's understanding because a lot of people it's it, there's an optics problem as well where people say hey I throw this away it's just going to end up in the landfill even if I put it in the recycling container sometimes yeah. that is true and it's it's not great so using better data especially with uh, smart waste containers uh, it helps really paint the picture and can show people for those who care that, hey, we're having an impact. Um, so I truly think that having good, intelligent infrastructure paired with education to work hand in hand is going to have a stronger impact. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. And what's the status of the company thus far? Like, you know, how many do you have uh, up and running? And um, just kind of talk about, you know, where you're at right now. Yeah, so uh, last year, um, sort of in the, the middle of last year, we came out of stealth mode and we uh, started, you know, 
going around and uh, working with 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 organizations uh, to uh, try try our device uh, or you know purchase it. Uh, what we have right now is we're currently operating at uh, Clemson University, the University of South Carolina, uh, BMW's manufacturing plant in South Carolina, Volvo's manufacturing plant in South Carolina, and uh, a, a local library in uh, North Carolina. Um, we're working with uh, some other organizations right now, such as Coca-Cola Consolidated, to uh, focus on you know how to improve helping them get every bottle back um, because that's something that they're very um, passionate about. And we you know we're doing a project right now where we're building you know a uh, uh, sorter that's going to be sorting cans and bottles. But we 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 want to work with them to make sure that we find the right locations. To collect it, to collect as much of these recyclables and this waste as, as efficiently as possible. Um, I'll also say that right now, uh, my matter has only one full-time employee, and that's myself. Uh, but I've got some great um, uh, team members as well uh, who've helped me on the technology side, and I've got a pretty solid advisory board. Yeah, that's good. And. You know, let's just go out a little bit. Now we're we're looking future focused. Um, what is at stake here? What's the importance of the you know not just efficiency and recycling, but you know just a you know climate sustainability, cleaner climate, obviously, and and then you know maybe couple that with where you see the company going over the next five to ten years. So let's just kind of talk about. Future, the importance, and and where where this is going for for your company. Well, it's always hard to predict the future. <laughs> I would say when you look at waste, um, you know, or, or let me back up and say when you look at sustainability, you've really got three major uh, areas. You've got energy, water, and waste. And waste is uh, sort of the last one to look at because energy. Um, is it really captivates a lot of people in the sustainability field. But as you mentioned, you know, you go, you go into Southeast Asia, you go into South America, you go into parts of Europe or North America, and you just see just tons of just discarded stuff. And it's not, as I go back to, it's not efficient. And filling up landfills is a major problem. And if we're filling up landfills with items that can clearly be recyclable, uh, that's that's not good for the planet. Um, uh, landfills are also, uh, I believe, they're the third largest producer of methane, um, uh, and and that th that is obviously having a negative impact uh, on our climate. Um, but we want to be able to capture uh, material back better, so that you know, price of oil if that starts skyrocketing, then you've got plastic, that's going to become more expensive. And then now you're going to get into a commodity war when it comes to uh, plastics as well. So, and uh, then, then there's the whole issue of like plastic, uh, microplastics ending up in the ocean and just things being where they shouldn't be. So if we get better as a society to collect more efficiently through infrastructure and education, then we won't have negative impacts. No one wants to be walking on a beach and just see a plastic bottle you know, floating in the water or on the sand, like it should be where it should be, which is in the waste container, which then ends up being made into new clothing or being made into new bottles or something. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the vision uh, in terms of, 
you know, things where they should be. I think that that's a simple way to say it. And, um, and how, how do you imagine the company, you know, um, my matter being a part of that bigger global vision, uh, just where do you want to guide this? Yeah. Um, I like to think that, you know, we went from flip phones, uh, to smartphones, uh, we're getting smart refrigerators, smart toilets. Everything's becoming smart. Well, there's no reason why we shouldn't have smart waste containers helping. And what's very important is that you know you can have devices out there that can help you know educate people, or you could have you know showy devices that say, "Hey, look at how great we are as a company doing stuff." But it's not going to have the impact if you don't do it in quantity. So something that we really focus on with my matter is we want to be able to put as many waste containers out there as possible but as intelligently as possible it's not just put a waste container you know around every corner but put them in a way in which it's going to maximize collection of uh, it's going to maximize people discarding items but also it's going to help reduce you know unnecessary steps uh, of people to go around and collect items so you know, it, it, you, you really need to have the quantity and the placement. It's, it's like with real estate, location, location, location. You need to have smart, intelligent collection. And so what I'm really visioning for my matter is that we are across the globe in those high traffic areas that you see contamination or lost value, lost value being recyclables being thrown into trash. And we're just evolving from the, the the old standard waste receptacles to the new improved smart waste receptacles yes i love it this needs to be this needs to be in the world it needs to be all over the world and uh i i think you're you're definitely on the path of, of making that happen, which is great. And um so uh, again just for people uh, right now it's really in um you mentioned mostly in you know South Carolina. Um, are there are there plans? You know, maybe just talk a little bit about what you see for twenty twenty four. People that um, in your part of the country, maybe in, in North North Carolina, would they be seeing these starting to get deployed, or what's what's the general plan for twenty twenty four? Yeah, we we've actually got um, several large organizations that we've been. Uh, talking to. Um, and, you know, we want to be able to utilize channel partners to help maximize where we can, you know, do the most good, <laughs> where we can have the largest impact. Um, so uh, through, throughout 2024, uh, we're expecting to rapidly expand along the, the East Coast um, and hopefully start pushing a little bit more uh, westward. Uh, there actually are some, uh, are some companies we're, we're speaking to now who um, are more uh, centrally located in the uh, country who have um, shown interest in, in partnering with us. Uh, so, you know, hey, if we're if we're nationwide by the end of 2024, I, I think it's definitely doable uh, and that'd be great. But, you know, we want to make sure we're deploying intelligently. Um, so that's kind of what we've got lined up for this year. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good way to state it. And um, I like where you're at. So uh, as we close up here, John, this is awesome. And you and your team have learned, you know, some things. You're still early in the process, but would love to hear a bit of your advice as we close out here to 
early stage founders, and, and this can be, you know, from any direction, but, you know, maybe just some things you maybe wish you would have known as, as you originally started out. Um, what two big pieces of advice you would share with founders that are just getting started with their startup? Um, I would say that for two big pieces of advice to keep it as simple as possible, um, have fun and be determined. I mean, I, I think I saw uh, Sam Altman recently speak about how determination is just one of the most important things in entrepreneurship. Um, and I'm also a very big advocate of you got to have fun with what you're doing. You get one life. Uh, you want to make sure that you can have an impact, but you're also enjoying yourself. Um, so, yeah, just make sure that you you would take take time to reflect and make sure that when you take time to reflect, that you realize, are you having fun and stay determined? You know, yeah. you, you will experience so many, I've experienced so many failures, entrepreneur, you know, uh, founders experience so many failures. You just got to stay determined because you've got a vision in mind. You've got a goal, go reach it. Yeah. You know, both of those are, um, they're very valuable and uh, that having fun, actually, that's one of, our founders life core values. And this is why I put it in there. And, you know, when you think about founders live, there's so many, you know, around the world and all these founders and we have things happening all over. And it's interesting that um, what I've noticed is I, I, it's a weird, I can't quantify it, but when I see founders, you can just feel and tell some of them are in it because they're like, no, this is this is it. They're they're pumped about the topic and the concept and the problem they're solving, and they're literally like having fun because they know it's a, it's something that they want to be around. And then there's others that I can already sense. It's like uh, I can sense that they're not fully bought in on this thing, and they're just trying to do a startup to do a startup, and that that never is that's never going to be the best uh, result. And so you know when you say have fun, it's absolutely true. Is you know, it's picking something that you are really, um, you know, you believe in. And then let's go back to what you said earlier around like, you know, uh, just the the life of entrepreneurship and why choosing entrepreneur. It's like you're cra you are crafting a life, actually. And, and you know, I think when I started, I, my logical brain was like, okay, if I'm going to do this versus work at a quote, I'm using air quotes, job. <laughs> I might as well create a life that I'm having a fun with, right? You know, like you only live once and, you know, on this earth anyway, and why not craft in a, in a life, solve problems and work in fields that you're actually enjoying and having a good time at. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I completely agree on that. It's just... You, it is definitely a roller coaster and you want to be have fun on the roller coaster but you also want to make sure you stay on the roller coaster <laughs> it is it is and you know one last thought on that is um everyone out there just know you know if you feel like you're kind of up it's up and down and it is a roller coaster that's normal yeah. it's the, that's part of this process and um as john just said just uh, learn to you know, kind of get used to and enjoy that roller coaster. And and then we're all here for you. So that's, that's why we've created Founders Live is so we can have this 
ecosystem and community to, you know, support others and um, really share the experience. So John, you know, congrats on everything and uh, man, excited to continue to watch um, my matter and how, you know, I can't wait to toss a bottle into your, you know, your, um, your creation, wherever I am in the world. Well, great. Yeah, no, uh, looking forward to hearing your first interaction with a My Matter device. (laughs) So great. Well, everyone, uh, actually, uh, you know, in terms of uh, where can people find more information uh, just about your company and and, and stuff like that? Is there, where can you share? Yeah, so uh, best place, always the website. Uh, Our website is actually uh, mymattercorp.com. That's M-Y-M-A-T-R corp.com uh we've also got uh the socials as well uh and uh i'm always happy to uh connect with people on linkedin um just you know if you you want advice talk you know network it's always great to grow the network and figure out hey how can how can we go off and solve problems um so yeah perfect perfect well, John, uh, thank you and congrats. And um, it was great to just learn more about your vision. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Everyone, John Stark uh, from My Matter, um, originating out of uh, the, the North Carolina, the Raleigh area. This is awesome. Um, definitely check it out, learn more, and um, reach out if you're interested. And, you know, this is the Founders Live podcast. We tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. We uh, have new episodes pretty much every week. Now, we're, this one, if you're listening, we're we're now into 2024 and a lot of incredible things coming down the line. Keep your eyes and ears uh, open for all the great stuff that we're doing and uh, my travels around the world as well. You'll hear more about that as the year comes along. So thank you, everyone. Uh, Feel free to share this, rate it. We love those things um, from you, the listeners. And um, lastly, everyone, hey, just uh, stay healthy and stay safe.